1: Hello, flamethrowers. Do I have a treat for you. Joining me for a very special hot take in some amazing women's soccer news are two of my favorite people in the entire universe, Meg Linehan, staff writer at The Athletic, Stephanie Yang, managing editor of All for Eleven. But I prefer the bio that I created for both of them, saying two of the most brilliant and badass soccer writers in the entire world. Hello, my friends.
2: Hello. Hi, Shireen.
1: Um, So I'm very excited um, about having you both on the show. And can you please give us a little bit of an update and let us know what is happening in the NWSL, mag?
2: So today, this morning, at 8 o'clock this morning, NWSL uh, announced that there is going to be a return to play. There's plans in the works for a tournament that will take place in Utah uh, over basically the course of a month. It will kick off June 27th and the championship will be in July on the 26th. So really it's just, well, an attempt at a season has not been entirely ruled out. They are hoping to get games in. They're going to bring all nine teams to Utah play in a group stage, essentially like a, a mini world cup. Um, so it has major sponsors attached. It has a television deal attached. Um, they also released protocols today uh, for health and safety of the players. The NWSL Players Association appears to be on board. Um, mm-hmm. They released their own statement this morning saying that as part of you know ongoing conversations about this tournament, they had secured guaranteed contracts for all of the NWSL players that fall under their umbrella, uh, guaranteed mm-hmm. health insurance through the end of the year. Um, And then in addition, there's no pay cuts cuts for the players at all this season. So in general, it seems like if we're actually going to have some version of women's soccer in the country this summer, this was
1: quite potentially like the best solution that they could have come up with. That's that's pretty awesome in terms of like the contracts for the players also – um, I also remember reading or I saw a tweet today that said something about how Lisa Baird was on the phone with the mothers of the league. So there's something which is, in, I think, unpre- unprecedented, specifically talking about child care and those provisions.
2: Yeah, that's definitely a, a new, you know, I, I think that, and Steph can speak to this as well, but people who have been around the league, I think we do have to start getting used to this sort of um new person in charge, right? With Lisa Baird being commissioner. Uh, every single person that I've really talked to throughout this process as as things have been going on behind the scenes has just really raved about her. Um, and I, I don't think it happens without her in charge as commissioner of NWSL right now.
1: Hmm. Steph, what are your thoughts on this?
0: I think So, you know, when you would watch Parks and Recreation and there would be some kind of problem, and then Leslie Nope would pull a binder out of her desk and it would be like the exact problem, and she'd be like, This plant, I had like plans A through Z for this problem, like written on the binder already. Sometimes I get that feeling whenever Lisa Baird talks about something because she just, for example, she talked about how she broke down this whole process into workflows and Meg reported on this a little bit in the athletic as well, where they subdivided into categories, marketing transpo and all that stuff. Um, and probably they also had like a medical workflow, all that sort of stuff. And so she really seems like she's just got, she runs a tight ship.
1: Hmm. But I mean, that's like, I mean, I'm, I'm like, Wow. So I, I feel like I, I want to be Donna Meagle in this, but I, it's fine, whatever. <laughs> Parks and Recs, like I love that reference. So sh- I just i am so interested in w- the reactions. Like the reactions were very excited for women's soccer fans, obviously, because we've been craving football in our lives. So what are some of the reactions of the players' staff? Like have you seen any of them that are hesitant to go back or have any spoken up? about being a little bit reluctant to return to football when we're still in the middle of a global pandemic?
0: I think Meg can probably talk to this a little bit more, but the players who have all spoken publicly have been fairly supportive, and probably that's to do with the deep involvement of the Players Association through Yael Bush, and Brooke Elby. And then Lou Barnes was on a call today with the rain, and she all she really had to say was that you know she's a player and she wants to play and she's kind of confident in the the health protocols they have in place but i know meg has probably talked to a few more people and the athletic definitely had a um uh, an anonymous survey of players
2: Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. I, i i do think that you know based on the conversations i've had every player that i think you know, players were tweeting about it today that they were ready to go, right? I was on the the Portland call right after the the league conference call today and Emily Mangus was like, I'm excited, I'm ready to go. Like, that's, I'm in. Um, I think that there's some important context to this. Like, first of all, we know that the final rosters aren't even due until June 21st. So players do have some time to decide, right? Like, there's no, like, immediate opt in or opt out deadline for them. So I think that it will give them a chance to kind of wait and see and, and maybe have additional conversations. The other part is, yes, so NWSL Players Association did a full players in the NWSL, not just the ones under their umbrella, but US Women's National Team players as well, a survey of mm-hmm. them to figure out how willing are you to play you know, uh, one of the more interesting questions, I think, was like, how have you properly social socially distanced yourself when it comes to social gatherings over the past couple months? Um, and I think that there were some some takeaways there. But I think the biggest piece of this is the fact that both from a U.S. Women's National Team player and an NWSL Players Association point of view, there's no real repercussions for opting out. So when I talked to Yael Averbush this morning, she said, hey, as, as long as um, we got security for every single player, that goes for everyone. If they opt out for whatever personal reason they don't feel safe, mm-hmm. they, their contracts are still guaranteed, their health insurance is still guaranteed. There's no repercussions. The same goes for the U.S. Women's National Team. And I think that each one of those groups has its own priorities, right? Um, mm-hmm. U.S. Women's National Team players are aware that, in theory, we're still going to have an Olympics next summer and might mm-hmm. have different priorities, but... Yeah, I mean, I I do think in general, we just, I know that there's a lot of people tweeting about, like, who are the names that aren't going to be on this final list and and what U.S. women's national team players aren't going to be involved. And, you know, I think each player deserves the respect to make that decision for themselves. And that's been one of the reasons why I haven't pushed trying to figure out, you know, who's in or who's out as of right now, because it also might change.
1: Yeah, because June twenty first, we're still like almost a month away from that. So, well, like less than less than a month. But also, I'm I'm actually thinking about logistics because I mean, Diana Matheson is is here. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm just wondering like the borders aren't open. Like, yeah, do think,
2: I know that you NWSL know, is working directly with Homeland Security.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, I
2: mean, there, yeah, there are all, like government logistics here at play for players who are out of the country to get them in. So. Right. That is apparently like, you know, the fact that the, the governor of Utah signed off on this tournament, right, is one thing. But there are also some federal implications as well. But in theory, um, the league is actually working with all relevant agencies to ensure that players who are currently abroad can actually get to America. And then would have to quarantine for two weeks before start. Playing. Yeah, there's, there's all sorts of protocols in terms of how players will have to quarantine and be tested. Right. They do
0: have an international travel protocol section in the documents that they published. Um, And I'm not sure it's a 14 day protocol. There's some room here because uh, symptoms, you can be infected and kind of not test positive for symptoms for five days or something like that. So there's like a seven day window around travel, stuff like that. If you read it all, like kind of they lay it out in detail of like, all right, you need to get tested within this amount of time of travel. When you land, you get need to get tested again within this amount of time of travel. Then you need to get an antibody test. Then you need to get tested again in order to make sure that, you know, things weren't lying dormant or hiding or whatever, so.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of, you know, things. The first thing I thought of was logistics. And also, was it because the governor of Utah signed off on it? like, how did we end up in Utah? Like, no offense to Utah. I'm sure it's lovely, but like, I'm just, is it, Any ideas on how Utah, like why Utah? Steph, you want to take that one? (laughs) Probably because they had um,
0: a better state situation than a lot of the other markets. There were ultimately four bids. And I think part of it was probably Utah's ability to handle their pandemic internally. Like if you go to their state dashboard, I think they do have a lower um, death count than some other markets. I mean, they have a lower overall population as well, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Deloitte Hansen today talked on the uh, league call a little bit about how Utah has um, huge testing capacity as well. Um, I mean we could go deeper into that about how it's because they're also not engaging their low income communities and communities of, of color properly. But mm-hmm. you know, the, Utah has the ability to do a lot of mass testing. Um, their NWSL is apparently going to be testing through a uh, nonprofit that is kind of an arm of the University of Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was a combination of that with Deloy Hansen's massive personal fortune
2: <laughs> that's, that's the real answer. Honestly, that is like Utah is obviously a factor when it comes to health. But a lot of the cost of this tournament in terms of like logistics from hotels and, and facilities, Deloitte Hansen. Mm-hmm. What matter. other
0: owner is going to be like, well, I have equity in an embassy suite, so I'll just open up the hotel for the players. And I own some apartment buildings, so we'll put people in there. And I have a private jet so that we can do charter flights for teams to come here without having to do commercial. like.
1: He ticked a lot of rich people boxes. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, yeah. Cause those were my next questions. Like where are the players be housed, how will they be they potentially transported? But I mean, rich man money helps apparently for all these, yeah. these logistic issues. Um, Is there anything, okay. This is sort of like the personal thing. What are you both looking forward to most about the return of the NWSL? Steph.
0: I don't know. It's hard to compare or to think about it because like uh, Lou Barnes said on her call, it's such a different format. When people ask you about like, what are you looking forward to? You kind of can't say. I mean, obviously just having games again, I'm really interested to see how this plays out in terms of the broadcast deal and Mm -hmm. how they deal with CBS All Access and Twitch. Um, Didn't get a chance to ask today, but I, because, you know, there was a huge scrum of people on the media call, but um, I'm really interested to see how they go for added value in Twitch. Before all of this, they were talking about doing a lot of extra content, um, engaging extra value through like players and stuff like that. So I'm wondering if that's still on the menu, like, is it even easier to do because technically they have everybody in one place. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, whoever's filling Meg's old position with the league now doesn't have to travel around every single team and track someone down after a game for content or Mm
2: -hmm.
0: or is it is it worse now because like you can't just walk up to anybody anymore you've got to essentially be embedded with a team or else you're going to break their isolation protocol i don't know Mm -hmm. i'm I'm interested to see how that plays out because i'm probably a little bit more invested in seeing how this twitch partnership works out
2: meg yeah i think my i mean obviously i'd like to see games i've been writing about i'm a little concerned about the quality of the product simply because it is a condensed schedule and a lot of the games are going to be on turf. Um, mm-hmm. The players are not necessarily getting f- great preseason. Also teams are kind of all over the map in terms of who's been practicing. Like I think sky blue is only just getting back to, you know, certain practices and, and rain as well. You know, like everybody's kind of all over the place in terms of mm-hmm. how much prep they've gotten. Mm-hmm. I personally, think I am actually really excited to have <laughs> nine NWSL teams trapped together for a month. Um, just from a pure, and this is maybe me coming from a, a content point of view, I think it's going to be chaos. Um, just in terms of like, I mean, when I was talking actually to, to Yael Bush this morning, she was kind of joking, like, you know, it's going to be like an Olympic village, and everybody's going to, like, have this sense of like, we're all in this together. But at the same time, I mean, going back to Deloitte Hansen, he spoke about on the call, like, you know, I, I'm opening up my checkbook essentially for whatever the players need. I'm going to get it for them. And like he was talking about snacks and also ping pong tables. But, um, I think that there's a lot of potential here for mm-hmm. hopefully shenanigans that are in a controlled and not threatening to any player's individual health or safety. I don't think that's mm-hmm. going to be a problem, but like players have already been very imaginative in how they have (laughs) approached this break to begin with on social media and and other ways. So Mm -hmm. um, I do think trapping nine teams together in in generally the same area is kind of a recipe for some real insanity. Um, Or maybe an amazing reality television program. The real world, NWSL. That's that's straight up what's about to happen. And I did say, you know, I, I joked about this on Twitter earlier, but, With the the ping pong table, someone immediately was like, well, beer pong. And then I was like, well, this is the Budweiser NWSL content we actually deserve. But um, (laughs) I was speaking to someone who is involved in the league in a much higher level today. And we we were talking about how after the quarterfinal round, when four teams get knocked out, like then, okay, you get a second tournament online only of beer pong from those four teams. I personally would pay extra money for that. So I just want to throw that out there into the world and watch it come to life. Like if I work for the league still, that would be my number one goal. Honestly, beyond the soccer would be NWSL beer pong tournament. So
1: I always have my money on Tobin Heath always, always and forever. Um, Okay, so here's a question from a media perspective. Are either of you going and what will that even look like? Like, how will you have access? What what will scrums look like? Like, what will pressers look like? What does any of this look like? Are they Zoom calls, like post-match pressers? Like, what does this look like for media? No idea.
0: Not sure we know yet. We were all yeah. joking around in our Slack about, oh, it's just going to be a Zoom call. And they're going to have to develop a protocol for that because so far the Zoom calls I've been on with clubs have just been kind of like all right, just speak up if you want to ask a question. I'm like, but there's there's a, a raise hand function even. like right. you could...
2: Yeah, I agree on that. The Zoom calls, I'm always just like, I start talking and then someone else starts talking and then I'm like, oh, I shouldn't talk now, I guess. Cool. Um, so, you know, I, I spoke to a couple people in NWSL. There's no plan yet for media. Um, obviously, the two of us wouldn't be on charter flights. <laughs> so
1: there's that. <laughs> Um, Deloy.
0: Grandpa Deloy, please.
1: <laughs> I I wish I had rich man money to give you both, but I don't. And I don't actually have a charter like plane. I wish I did. Yeah. I know this is shocking to you both, yeah. but I don't. But um you no, know, so- personally, my wife would probably prefer I don't go to Utah
2: <laughs> for a month yeah. in yeah. the middle of a pandemic, just like personally. So I definitely had a coworker ask me that today. And I was like, well, I do like being married. So <laughs>
0: Yeah. I'm not being paid like travel during a pandemic money. So I'm not sure if, if I had access to the same level of testing and there was some kind of sequestered media spot and they could, and they were like, we've also developed a protocol for media and I was getting travel money, like, like charter jet options, possibly I would consider it, but no, there's way too much. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, as always, um, I much love and solidarity and respect you both. Like I wasn't joking when I said I think you're two of the most talented and dedicated women's soccer writers in the world. And I'm just, you know, as always hoping and praying for your safety and your health and continuing the work you do in a very, you know, doable way. So it's not chaotic and Meg doesn't have to wake up at like farmer hours. Um, but which was which was useful today, though, I have to say it it's was. good. Um, so thanks to Marjorie for that. Um, but um just you know we'll see what happens and if you can keep us updated then you're welcome on the show anytime bring it all down absolutely adores you both and thank you so much I know it's been an absolutely chaotic day for both of you so thank you so much for taking the time out to do this thanks for having us it's so rare that Steph and I get to do podcasts together Well, obviously, I would prefer if it's the three of us in a café cafe in Europe somewhere, but that's not possible at the moment. You're so the
0: second go. person today who's reminded me of like being in Europe last year and how much I miss French butter.
1: Oh man, I miss all of it. I remember like all of us that moment. All of us were wearing our French kits at the same <laughs> and, time uh, at yeah, dinner, so we could all be in, in matching kits and at a pub watching soccer so that would be amazing that would be so good um i feel like that will happen again one day and then ann odon can join us also because that would just be wonderful um okay so again thank you so much to both and we look forward to updates on this